Well, good morning. It is so good to see a church full of folks here today on this very special day in the life of our church. And we are grateful for those of you who are worshiping with us online. Uh, We've been in the midst of a sermon series thinking about what disciples do. We talk a lot about what disciples believe, but we've been focusing on what disciples do. And today's theme is disciples are saints. Disciples are saints. And our passage of Scripture is this text from Ephesians chapter 1. A week or so ago, we're sitting in the break room here at the church. The staff gathered around enjoying lunch together as we often do. And the subject of the most memorable funeral came up. Now, when you've been doing church as long as the people on this staff have been doing church, you're going to have some memorable funerals, some memorable moments of ministry. And so to try to pick just one is almost impossible to do. And yet, as I was thinking about what would I call my most memorable funeral, there were a lot of funny ones But the one that came to mind was one that happened very early in my ministry when I was just a young pastor fresh out of seminary. I'd moved to this brand new church to me, and and one of the things I realized is I'm green behind the ears. I don't have any experience at all doing weddings or funerals. And as an associate pastor, I felt like I probably wasn't going to get a lot of those opportunities in the church that I had been assigned to. So I began to call some of the other churches in the community and some of the funeral homes in the community and said, hey, if you ever need a pastor to do a funeral or a wedding, uh, give me a call because I would like to get some more experience. And so every once in a while, a pastor would call or a church would call and they would say, you know what, I'm going to be out of town this week and and so um, somebody's near death, would you be willing to do the funeral? And I say, yeah. Or, or something come up and I might do a, a wedding. But the funeral that comes to mind as the most memorable uh, was, was a little different. Most of the time when I got those phone calls, it was from the funeral home and the deceased was a person that had really never been a part of a church family. Maybe have never even gone to church at all. And so that when they died, they didn't have anybody to officiate the service and, and so I would get the phone call to go. And my most memorable funeral was one of those occasions. Um, I got a phone call from the funeral home. A man in his 40s had died very suddenly of a massive heart attack. And they asked me if I could do the service. They gave me the phone number of his next of kin, which just so happened to be his mother. So I called her up, made an appointment to go by and see her. I go into this beautiful home. We sit in her parlor and I said, you know, um, if you could just share with me some warm stories, fond memories, funny remembrances of your son, I'll do my best to weave that into a nice eulogy. And the woman looked at me with, with tears in her eyes and said, I've got nothing for you, preacher. My son was a very difficult man. 
And I don't have much good to say about him. I remember just being heartbroken in that moment that this woman would say that about her son, and yet I couldn't have been as heartbroken as perhaps she was to have to say that about her son. But she did. If that wasn't bad enough, on my way to the funeral that day, it was a graveside service, I'm walking through the graveyard, and I pass these two men that are standing there, and I overhear a conversation that they're having, and one of the men said to the other men, the only reason I'm here is to make sure that blankety-blank's really dead. (laughs) Right as I'm going up to give that blankety-blank's eulogy, What would you say in a situation like that? I was telling a friend of mine a week or so later after that experience about the experience, and he said, you know what I would have said? I would have stood up and said, live so that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral, and then sit down. (laughs) I didn't say that. I don't remember specifically what I said, but I said something along the lines of, we all need grace, don't we? Whether you're the best Christian in the world or far from it. I didn't say this, but I wanted to. Whether your mama can say anything nice about you or she can't. We all need grace. God's grace. I was thinking about that as we celebrate All Saints Day. I'm going to guess that chances are that when you die and when I die, somebody's going to have something reasonably nice to say about us. And yet, we still need... God's grace, don't we? In our passage of Scripture this morning, I read it and I wondered, well, regardless of whether they say something nice about us when we die, would they be able to say that we are saints? I don't know. Yes, they would. That's what the Bible says anyway. You know, when I picked this passage of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, I didn't realize that on the same day that we'd be remembering the saints of this church that have gone on to be with God in the last year, that we would also be welcoming three new adults into the church, that we'd also be baptizing two children, and that we'd also be celebrating Holy Communion. So I picked the wrong text for today because there is so much stuff in Ephesians chapter 1 that I could spend weeks talking about it and never unmine all of the great biblical nuggets that exist there. But if you'll let me be really general this week, I just want to highlight a few things that are in that text that we can all take home with us. And the first one is, you are a saint. As hard as that is to believe. And I saw some of you needling your spouse saying, preacher's really lost his mind today. You are a saint. 
And you're a saint because God created you. God created you in the image of God. God breathed into you the breath of life. God stepped back after God made you just as you are and said, wow, that is very, very good. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a saint. You are, have been made holy by God. And you've also been set apart by God for a sacred purpose. It's true. You were made in the unique and wonderful way that you were created, and regardless of whether you look like, feel like, act like anybody else around you, you are a child of God, and you have been set apart for a sacred purpose. And if you don't know what that sacred purpose is, the writer in Ephesians says, here's what you need to do. You need to just take some time to to discern and to, to seek out the wisdom of God. And God will reveal to you what your sacred purpose is. And it might be something like being a pastor like me, but it might just be doing living your life that you're living now. I don't know what your sacred purpose is, but I can guarantee you that regardless of what that sacred purpose is, at its core is this truth. Whatever your sacred purpose is, it is in part to radiate the love and the light of Jesus Christ. And however you've been made, and however you've been formed, that light and love of Christ is in you, and that light and love of Christ wants to be shared. It is true. You are a saint. The last truth I want to highlight for you today is not only are you a saint, not only do you have a sacred purpose with your life, uh, and, and, and that God's deepest desire is for you to live into that purpose and to, to act like you're a child of God, is that God gives you the power to do it. The writer of Ephesians says that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you as you live out your sacred purpose in the world. Sharing the light and the love of God. You are a saint. Claim that power and be the light. That's what disciples do.